Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to We Chat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy today to welcome Bill Miles and Kristen Noel to our podcast. Bill and Kristen help moms take control of their divorce. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Divorce tips for moms, how to take control of your divorce. In this episode, we're going to speak with Kristen and Bill about helping moms navigate the messy waters of divorce to get the best outcome for themselves and their children. And for most moms, that's very much front and center, as we all know. But Bill and Kristen tell us it can be done. So welcome, Bill and Kristen. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Of course. Let me just tell you all a little bit about um, Bill and Kristen's background. They're both divorce coaches who helps moms um, that help moms get off the emotional roller coaster and save precious time, money, and heartache for their family. Together, they founded Best Self Magazine and created the Best Self Intuitive Divorce Coaching Program. Bill is a holistic life coach, and Kristen is a certified intuitive life coach. Talk to us a little bit about that, a holistic life coach and a certified intuitive life coach. It's like the melding of the best of all worlds, really. I was really excited. You know, it's funny, just just quickly about coaching. I mean, I think going back like maybe like 10 years, at least 10, 12 years ago when I had my first life coach, I actually really wanted to be a life coach. And then I kind of had those voices in my head, like, it's too late, you know, you know, that ship is passed, like, you're you're doing something completely, you know, different. And I think it was just like this, honestly, like just this deep passion inside. Um, I really was seeing the transformation I was experiencing in my own life from from the coaching. Um, And then the way it went into intuitive, I was just you know, years down the road, like I've, you know, I was dabbling in that world. I wasn't quite in the certification mode yet or in that lane where I finally said, okay, I'm in, I'm going to become a life coach. Um, And I came across a school that really their focus was on intuition, all obviously all the other certification pieces, but this, this component that really spoke to me, which is learning how to get grounded and to make, you know, prudent decisions um, that are aligned with your gut, with your heart. It's just, you know, it's not like the decisions we make in life. It doesn't have to all be from the head. It's like the head and the heart. It's that, that bridge of the head and the heart. And once I made that commitment, it was kind of like off to the races. And that's really, you know, it's like anything else in life. That's when you plant seeds and something is born. And it sort of led to Bill and I collaborating on the creation of the intuitive divorce coaching program, because we realized like, as you know, dealing with, with divorce, with women going through this, it's not just about money. It's not just about the division of assets, who's getting the house, who's getting this, the parenting, the parallel parenting, the money, the, the legal um, aspect of it. It's really like, what condition are you going to be in when you get to the other side of this? Because 
you matter. <laughs> you yeah. matter. And um, we just realized that there were so many aspects in this arena that were sort of getting shoved to the side, like, I'll get to my self-care later. I'll get to like, not that, not that there was the intention of this, but I'll get to my kids later. I'll get to their needs later. And all of that stuff's going to be waiting for you on the other side, but it could be a, a real mess. And, you know, paying attention to the intuitive aspect, to the self-care, to making these grounded, heart-centered uh, decisions really is going to help you make the big decisions, make the legal decisions, make the financial decisions from a place where you're not like hysterical or you're not uh, just acting from your emotions um, out of revenge. So anyway, that's my big- I like to, I like to, um, I like to relate that to street smarts, right? Mm. So we all are in the now, we need to know everything now, do everything now, but we don't pay attention to what our gut's telling us or mm -hmm. what's around us. And we mm -hmm. know we're smart enough to do that, but we're letting the emotions or the now take over. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I could just remember, I always think I'm very street smart. I'm not as book smart, but I'm street smart. And I think that's the logical part of my brain, but it's knowing your surroundings and knowing what decision you have to make so that you're not hurting yourself or not just jumping into things. But a lot of people don't listen to that. In addition well, I mean, to that, there's, um, I'm just going to say the intuitive part is also letting your true voice and values come to the surface. And we find with so many women that they have suppressed themselves over years and they've um, played small and kind of danced in a, in a dance that has really, uh, you know, oppress their inner voice. And mm -hmm. so this is an opportunity. We have to strengthen that muscle or help them strengthen that muscle, but to really flex your voice again, honor what's mm -hmm. important to you. What do you want? And going right. back to what you said about street smart, I mean, it's really like, this is not the narrative of society. Society is like quick fixes and instant gratification. And it's like, we weren't really, I mean, at least I wasn't taught to really settle into how does this feel? Does this resonate with you? Is this aligned with who you are? And are you going to feel good about this decision? And to what you're both saying is, well, unfortunately, mostly for women, and there are men, we deal with a lot of men, but the women, that suppression that you're talking about, they're embarrassed to bring up what they're really thinking or what they're really feeling because it won't be in line with what they were told to think or how to feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kristen, you mentioned earlier, you did when you had your coach, you thought, oh, it, it, is it too late for me to be that? You know, you battled that, you know, in your own head, right? And we see that all the time with women with money. Like, is it too late for me to change my story about money? Or is it is it bad for me to ask this question to my attorney? Or is it embarrassing that I tell my mediator I don't really understand what they're saying? And it's no, no, no. You have a right to that information. And if your gut's telling you something, your heart and your head are telling you something, you have a right to ask those questions and you should not be embarrassed. And, and these are not words we say lightly, but we we do always say that divorce is an ending, but it's also a beginning. Mm -hmm. And it really is, it's, it doesn't matter. It's never too late. And I don't, and again, I don't say those words lightly. This is not like woo woo unicorns and rainbows. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we sometimes get to a point in our life and we wake up and we're like, you know what? I have been suppressing parts of myself. I really have been ignoring that I have this calling to do X, Y, and Z, or this marriage isn't working out or whatever, whatever it is. But we do have the ability 
at any point, don't beat yourself up for the past. The past is the past. Like that's done. Okay. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't rewrite history, but we can write the future. We can write the next chapter. We can say, okay, and forget the shame and the guilt and everything else. It's like, yeah, we all make mistakes. It's called the human experience. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's just being human. It's just, mm-hmm. it's messy and it's glorious and it's everything in between. So we just really try to help people recalibrate and just, re, you know, kind of like recenter and, and empower themselves again so that they do align with their voice. So they do say like, hey, this is my life. Like I have to answer to myself for these decisions that I'm making. I have to answer to myself, like how I'm going to live the rest of my life out or what I'm modeling for my children. So that's, that's like, it really just begins with, you know, it's not this like big, long thing, like you got to go to school for intuition. You know, it's really just about, (laughs) just really about saying like, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this? How do I feel about this decision? Yeah. Really honoring your voice. Yeah. Taking time to excavate it, to listen to it and honor it. It's a process. I love that you say that, Bill, because I think a lot of people, especially when they enter into the divorce arena, a lot of polling starts going on, right? You ask your friends, your family, your neighbors, their friends, their family, their neighbors, Mm -hmm. and all of that information then becomes a pile of rubble of sorts right outside your front door. And so you don't even know what your voice is saying in the first place because you didn't think to consider that. And I say that from my own experience, but I also say it from our experience with our clients going through divorce. Many of them experience that. And I love that you you Mm -hmm. said that because that is, to me, a great place to start. Mm -hmm. That is such a a critical point. It's so true. Anybody that's ever gone through any life adversity you know, you just immediately start taking polls. Like, what do you think I should do? What do you think? What do you, know? I mean, there's a lot, lots of different stages of that, but we also, um, and we have a free webinar. Um, one of the parts of that webinar is something we call become the CEO of your divorce. And what we mean about that is like, it's fine. Of course, it's like, you do need to, con- you know, uh, confer with like attorneys and accountants and professionals I mean, that, that's prudent. But at the end of the day, even if you're not like, you don't feel like you're CEO material, you should really take a seat at the head of the table where you gather all this information and then you sit back. Like, it's like being presented with all the information. You're at the boardroom table. You're going to read through it. You're going to sift through it. And you're going to say, that's aligned with me. That's not aligned with me. That's a good strategy. That's not a strategy. Like, it's fine to get opinions. But ultimately, remember, everybody else goes home to their house at the end of the day. Everybody goes back to their lives. You're the one that's going to be left with these decisions. And you want to feel good about that. Doesn't mean you have to know how to. Yeah, I I just want to challenge a little bit of this, though, because, you know, when you're going through divorce and financially speaking, you know, you're also sitting there and you're, you're listening to your head, but your head is asking you for justice and your head is asking you for revenge and your head is asking you. So your voice is your 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 own voice is killing you at times because (laughs) we see them go after, you know, they want to go down this hole of. You know, my spouse stole money on spending on his girlfriend five years ago, and I'm just going to drive the train in that direction. But when we go through the statements and everything else, and, you know, we ask, what's your attorney's strategy for that? There is none, right? Or mm-hmm. so they're talking themselves into a very expensive 
mm-hmm. non-fulfilling battle. So right. we have to like step back with that reason. And now we come from the space of education, right? So we educate you financially on what you have, you know, what your options are, what's the impact of these things and how are you going to compromise? And then you make that decision, right? But uh, it's, I, I get, I get so not disappointed. I don't know what the word is. But I, I get very uncomfortable when I see people listening to their voice of this justice, revenge, I'm going to get them for everything type. And then you see their professionals led by them because they have to be led by their clients sometimes. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. fact that they can work with you in a program and go through their financials in a program like ours really sets them up to make smart decisions and listen right. to the smartness inside themselves that they probably don't even realize that they have. That's such a good point. Um, right. And information, one, it gives you power, but it helps balance things as well. You may think that you're entitled to, you know, everything, whatever it is, and you may give them a reality check that you're not or vice versa. They may think I'll never get anything. And you can say, you know what? Honestly, you are entitled to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth fighting for or whatnot. But um, that point about revenge and whatnot is a really poignant one for us because we try and help our clients make sure that they are making decisions for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. And revenge is honestly a wrong reason. You may have, you know, you don't want to make decisions out of anger, out of vengeance, out of spite, um, out of needing to be right. You know, those may be the quick judgments, the quick decisions that come out, but we want you to pause and sit back Mm -hmm. and say, how's this really going to affect my kids, you know, if I'm fighting for this. How is this going to affect our collective asset if we're just going to spend it all in court? Mm-hmm. How is this going to, it doesn't mean don't stand up for what you believe, but it means be thoughtful about it. So yeah, I, I mean, we literally try to, I mean, this is a big part of what we do. We pull our clients off the revenge ledge, you know, and that's not a judgment right. call because let me tell you something. Some of them have all their, you know, all the reason in the world to be upset, to be angry, to to be all the feelings, right? But then what we really, I mean, ultimately, you know, what is that that great saying about like, if you're going to seek revenge, dig two graves because nobody wins. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wins in that scenario. So, and you don't make prudent decisions when you're seeking revenge. You just don't. First of all, you're hurting yourself and you're, you're like Bill brought into the equation. Your kids are there witnessing it. They're on the front row. They can feel what's going on in the house. They can overhear you. They see how you're behaving. They see what's going on between the two parents. So revenge is just, you've just got to get off the revenge ledge. Now that doesn't mean be a doormat. That doesn't right. mean make prudent financial uh, decisions, protect yourself, have a good attorney. That doesn't mean any of that. It just means what price am I paying? What is this going to cost me? Because as you said, when you are in that height of hysteria, let me tell you something. If you go into your attorney's office like that, your attorney like is trying their best to just get you through this, but they can't be hand, you know, holding your hand and coaching you and be your therapist and all of those things on the regular. And they're going to take your lead. And as you mentioned, it's, it can become a, a runaway train, a costly runaway train, which you regret afterwards. And then again, just think back. When, when have you in your life made a decision with, you know, the motivation of revenge that you've ever felt really good about in the end? Well, I always say I live by the motto of success is the best revenge. 
So I try to be successful every day because it makes me feel the best. Um, so I just think that's the best way you get back at anybody is by becoming better than um, living a good be, life, being right. happy, living, right. go, go, go build your life, free yourself from this person you're trying to free yourself from and go build a beautiful life. That is the best revenge. Mm -hmm. exactly. That's the best revenge. And you know, your, your focus on your future on the horizon, your children and your new story. And this and is wanna... an important distinction because when you are focused on revenge or getting even or whatever, you're plugged in to their, to them for your power, for your energy, mm -hmm. for your path forward. And then what Kristen was just saying, what you were just saying is it's unplugging. It's saying, I'm going to control my own destiny. Mm -hmm. That's Call so it. true. You know, and, then and that's the, it. So, you yeah. know, children follow, follow in tandem with that as well, too. They model that behavior. Mm -hmm. And yes. so I think, you know, in the space of helping moms kind of navigate this journey, what, what do you consider one of the most important elements for nurturing kids through this time um, that, you know, they didn't choose or have any control over? Bar, bar none, keep them out of the conflict. Keep them out of the conflict. Like we, like we were talking about having, taking polls, right? I mean, save your emotions for your coach, for your therapist, for any, for anybody else, you know, call your girlfriends, call your family, whoever you rely upon, but be really conscious of what's going on in the house. What are your kids overhearing? What's the energy of the house? Do they see you crying all the time? Now that's not to say, keep your kids out of the emotions or the feelings. Like you want to create a safe place where you can say like, yeah, mom's having a hard day, but it's not about you. Mom and dad both love you. Every you're you're going to be safe. That's not going to change. But you know, divorce is hard. I mean, it's okay to like have honest conversations. It's okay to have conversations with them, create a space where it's safe for them to say, you know, this sucks. I hate divorce. So, you know, whatever it is, like, but it's safe for them to feel, right? But what you want to do is you want to keep them out of the conflict. You don't want to try to alienate them against the other parent, even if you hate the other person's guts. Like it's really just always running it through a funnel. Is this good for my kid? Is this and good? Sometimes like, parents think that it is good for their kids to know that their father or the mother is, you know, an asshole or a cheater or whatever. The truth may be, it's not. Well, the, the truth of the is matter to, is if they are, they're going to find out on their own. You don't well, need to right, tell that's them. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. You have yeah. to allow your kids to draw their own conclusions. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you tolerate bad behavior. That's a different thing, you know, but you can't tell them how to feel about things. It's much more powerful to let them draw their own emotional conclusions. Um, they're always going to want to love either parent. If you try and interrupt that, it's a, it's a formula for disaster. Losing love for one or feeling differently. Okay, you don't have control of that. That's their path. But you don't want to be the one who's like telling them how to feel about it. Yeah, I'm I'm probably the one of the guilty ones. I'm a mom and a stepmom of of saying things like just saying things, not really talking, but not realizing I'm saying something. Where my kids are like, "Mom, don't talk about that." And I really wasn't. I was just kind of, I didn't think I was, 
but you just in your everyday language, that's where your intuitive um, coaching would cut, would have came in handy for me because I would have been like, Oh, I didn't realize it just said that little snarky comment, <laughs> uh, but I didn't. But <laughs> right? that's, that's exactly it. But you know, what's also you're, you're aware of it. And it was also amazing that your kids pointed it out to you. We're going to make mistakes. Like we're not perfect. You cannot be a perfect parent. Right. So the beautiful thing is that you are self-reflective enough to know, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I did make that snarky or, you know, and those snarky comments, they, they feel good for like a second, but then it just, you know, it lingers, right? But at least your kids pointed it out and then you said, okay, that's where the opportunity is then where you say like, okay, you know what? I'm, thank you for telling me that because actually that's not the way I want to show up or that's not the way I want to communicate or that's not. So it becomes another opportunity. You're also empowering your children because you're saying, oh, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Mom's not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not going to be a perfect parent, but we can communicate. And so when we just start to create that container, there's ripple effect. Right. And it's not easy. That's why you, it's good that you guys do what you do because it's not easy. It is not easy. So, so to have the resources to go and get that help is great. You know, it's, again, it's the same thing when we're dealing with people doing their financial portrait. There's a lot of emotions that come out and to be able to say, listen, let us work on this part and help empower you to focus on the knowledge of the financial piece, but go work, you know, with your coach to work on that emotional side. You know, it's a win-win situation for them because it's hard. It's really hard. It is really hard. I know a lot of times when I'm working on budgets or lifestyle analysis with clients and their eyes are this big, you know, and they're angry and you know am i going to be able to sustain myself how do you help moms understand how to keep the kids out of that financial crossfires of sorts where you know it is very emotional it's very traumatic and you know it's easy for moms to say well i would buy you that but i don't have enough money now and all these things that then the kids start to internalize um, and it becomes a real issue. It's such a good point because first of all, I think what we need to remember is when we as an adult or a parent hear something, we run it through a certain filter. And that filter is like the past, the present, the future. <laughs> you know, kids hear something, it's just their immediate, um, they're immediately in the present. How is this going to affect my life? So you know, parents know when they're being manipulative and they're like, well, I would buy, I'd love to buy you that bicycle, but your dad is, you know, having an affair and using all our money and, you know, um, you know, and, and we're probably going to not be able to live in this house and you won't be able to stay with your friends and you will have to go to another school. Like, you know, what's going to incite a lot of fear and anxiety. And that, like I said earlier, is like, it's a quick little hit, like, oh, I get to like, get them on my team kind of thing. But it, but at the end of the day, you're really undermining their, undermining their safety and their security um, and creating a lot of anxiety for them. So you're really making your own situation worse. So the best thing is until things are concrete, we really sort of counsel women to, and you know, the same thing for men, if there are any fathers listening, it's like, don't tell your kids anything until it's concrete. Don't tell them, um, until you know, oh, we're going to be moving out or we're going to be separating into two houses because they'll start, they'll start, you know, there'll be a lot of anxiety 
they're, you know, suddenly they're not being, they're not able to go to sleep. Suddenly they're being really clingy. Suddenly they're not doing well in school. Suddenly, you know, you'll start to see behaviors kind of popping up because they don't know what to do with all the anxiety. So really it's just one, do the very, very best you can to not express unnecessary emotion. You know, there are some times that we even have our clients do something as simple as you know, wear a rubber band. And if they feel triggered, like they're ready to, they just snap the rubber band and it like kind of makes them take a pause and go, all right, let me just think about this response about the bicycle, for example. I'm going to reframe that before I answer. Okay. And and to that point, great. Also, I like that. There, I probably would have been black and blue, but I, <laughs> I, I love that analogy. That's so good. That's a good, um, not analogy, but a good um, exercise. <laughs> It, in, it interrupts, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It interrupts that, like, it gives you the pause. And the other thing for parents is we don't have to give immediate answers. You can acknowledge what your kid is asking you. Um, you can say, hey, that's a really, you know, that's a great question or that's a great point. I'm not really sure what the answer to that is yet, but like, let me think about that and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about that later. I'll get back to you on that later. Gives you a moment to kind of like digest and think about, what is it that I really want to say? And what, what don't I want to say? <laughs> what do, you know, and, and, it, and ultimately the more self-awareness you start to bring to this, the less there is to clean up. This is so true. And another thing is that one of the, um, the mindset shifts we bring to our clients is just reframing the divorce. And Kristen touched on that where it's an ending, but it's also beginning uh, to reframe. And I know this can feel like a stretch for a lot of mothers in the early stages, especially, but to reframe this as an opportunity, right? We've kind of mentioned that, but it's also an opportunity for the kids. And to use that bicycle as an example, here's a plausible alternate response. Instead of, we can't afford that bike because your father's spending all our money on his girlfriend. How about, I understand that you'd like a new bike. I'm glad that you're excited about activities like that. Um, let's make it a priority and let's talk about it. Maybe. We can shift some things over the coming months. Maybe we spend less in other areas. Like, what are you, Johnny, willing to maybe give up in order to make that bike a priority? You know what I mean? Actually get them yeah. involved in the process so there's some, some uh, agency that they have over mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Gosh, my mom and dad did that to me, and they weren't even divorced. I had to buy the, my blue Schwinn bike. I spent all my money on it. <laughs> it took me forever. And then I was too afraid to ride it. So I wasted all the money on this bike when I was about 10 years old. But you know what? That Our kids are growing up pretty fortunate, most of them, right? So making them accountable for something really is important. And you know what? You, it's not the divorce that's causing you to make your kids accountable. You know, mm -hmm. you should just as a mom want to make your kids accountable, right? Mm -hmm. Or a dad. You, you should make your kids accountable because that's when they're going to grow up to be successful yes, citizens or people or employees or whoever they're going to be or moms and dads themselves, mm -hmm. right? You that's know, and so another, another thing to remember is also we, we remind people that your kids are going to only be this age once. And you have to really think about like, am I going to go down this, you know, winding road, this never ending road of divorce where I'm just like, you know, up all night, stressed, frazzled, missing out, 
missing out. Like I know it's really, really hard. Divorce doesn't leave anything untouched, but finding support and finding ways where you can renegotiate how you go through this is life-changing. And, and further to that, these skills are not just divorce skills. These are just, these are life adversity skills, any life adversity. This can be applied to, it kind of reminds you of who you are, how strong you are, how resilient you are and who you want to be and how you want to show up. Like we always say, if you're out on the other end of this divorce and you look back, how do you want to see yourself? How do you want to like tell the story? How did I conduct myself during this divorce? And there's an interesting, um, strategy that we use towards that end, which is what we start all of our clients off with, which is crafting what we call a divorce declaration, which is a very thoughtful exploration of what you really want in the divorce and beyond in a way that so many of our clients never really even asked themselves or pondered before. It's really kind of eye-opening. But to Kristen's point, once you get to the other side, and we've had one client, um, you know, that we asked you know, kind of after our program, would you mind going back into the divorce declaration and just reading through it? And she went through and then she was paused and tears started coming down her eyes. It's like, I realized that I've accomplished every single one of the things I put down there. Things that she never thought were attainable at the time she was writing the words. And it's the power of setting an intention Mm -hmm. and having some support to, you know, guide you through it. But yeah. We're powerful beings, that's for sure, if we put our minds to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to think that if there is no intention put towards what you want to try to accomplish on the other side, as you said, the children do, they, they are impacted by um, your behavior during divorce if you do not do so. And what are some of the things that that they may experience or consequences that may happen if there's no intention set relative to their care. I would love to chime in on that because when we went through divorce, I brought three children to our party. Kristen brought one, so we've got four in our blended family. But those three were young at the time. They were five, eight, and 10, and now they're all adults. They're all in their 20s. So we've watched them go through the various stages. They're still, to this day, processing their experience with what I would consider kind of a acrimonious and high-conflict divorce. Um, So there are many things uh, to watch for, but what we see is that withdrawal is one where they kind of just become quieter or withdrawn, uh, or maybe they actually become more aggressive is another thing to look for, kind of change in behavior patterns, change in their appearances, like how they're dressing, maybe for older kids, if they start getting tattoos or unusual haircuts, not that there's anything inherently bad, but if you know your kid and you start seeing behavioral shifts, it's like a red flag, right? Just like keep your mind open. Obviously, as they get older and a little down the line, the dark side, and we see that too, can lead towards depression, substance abuse, promiscuity, all kinds of manifestations of self-esteem issues, right? They, they get fed up with the family and so they start migrating. Their support system becomes their peers. And that's a dangerous situation. It's great to have peers and friendships, but for that to be your core of support is a formula for problems. 
I'm sure you agree that that can also happen is if you're choosing to stay married and it's an unhealthy relationship. It's not just because you went through a divorce. I'm a firm believer that it's not divorce that messes your kids up. It's how both parents behave before, during, and after divorce that can mess your kids up. 100%. But, but there's a lot of adult children who wish their parents would have gotten divorced because it was just all the <laughs> so stuff true. they heard, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that we hear that all the time. That is so true. I, I Listen, you know what? It takes a lot of guts to go through a divorce. Takes a lot. There are a lot of people that stay in very, I, this is a very, very, very big point. People, a lot of people stay in unhealthy relationships because of so many reasons, money, fear. Um, the kids. The kids. But you have to, if you can't consciously parent in a healthy environment, you are hurting your kids. And again, the, this is, you know, the home is foundational. This is where you get all your constructs and ideas of, what is love? What is a marriage? What does it mean to respect another person? What is relationship? And how am I going to treat someone going forward when I'm an adult? You know, these are all foundational. And then also how my kids also internalize. So if there's conflict in the house, they're afraid. They think like it has something to do with them. And they carry this stuff. This, this stuff just like plants seeds that you don't want planted. And it will, it will play out. If it's not addressed, it will play out. History repeats itself. Myriad ways. Ah, so connect in with Kristen and Bill and get that divorce declaration completed. That's a big deal. I love that you brought that up. We could go on and on. But I think we have to conclude our conversation today um, on divorce tips for mom, how to take control of your divorce. Um, but before we leave today, Bill or Kristen, can you tell our listeners how they can find you and learn more about you? Sure. You can go to our website, which is bestselfintuitivedivorce.com or intuitivedivorce.com. We'll get you there. It's easier to remember. Learn about our program. There's also an opportunity to watch, as Kristen mentioned, our free masterclass, which is really kind of a powerful 40 minutes to give you tools and strategies to start taking control of your divorce and get off the emotion, emotional roller coaster right now. And then, you know, if that resonates and you want to learn more, uh, there's an opportunity there to book a call that we can have a conversation and see if it's a fit to work together. And you'll also find us on Instagram and Facebook, but all that you can find at a website, intuitivedivorce.com. That's excellent. Yeah. That's a really good conversation today. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you thank for the you. work that you're doing. I'm so excited Absolutely. to learn about your services. I think it's amazing. Um, I think we said off camera earlier that, you know, 18 years ago when I was going through my divorce, nothing like this was available. And this is amazing. And you're equally doing the same kind of work and handholding and getting people through things because we, we need information. We need guidance. We need to know what do I do with my money? What do I do? You know, um, so I'm, I really applaud, uh, what you are doing. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, it goes in line, right? You have to listen to yourself, but when it says, I don't know anything about my finances, I've never had privy to this information and you have to ask for it. It is your voice as you to teach everyone. And that is a safe question to ask and you, you deserve to ask it. And even if you do know about money, I mean, there are lots of women that know about money, but they don't know what does money in divorce look like? What does the division of assets look like? And, and why would you know? Right. So right. it's, it's phenomenal that, that you have this resource. Thank you. Thanks.
All right. Thank you all. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.